In today's episode, we're going to be looking at the Memphis Grizzlies and the Dallas Mavericks in preparation for the NBA's Orlando restart. Michael Bolton. Let's get to it. To it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We move into some of the remaining teams here in the Western Conference, two teams that sit in the NBA playoffs at the moment, and that is the Dallas Mavericks and the Memphis Grizzlies. And to talk about the Dallas Mavericks, I'm joined by one of the hosts of the Locked On Mavericks podcast, Nick Angstat. All right, Nick Angstat of Locked On Mavs is here. Dallas uh, sitting, oh, they're basically in the playoffs. I think they've only got to win one game here to, to lock themselves into the into the playoffs at this point. But what are they looking to do here, Nick, in this uh, Orlando bubble? What's the major motivation of this team? Well, if you just looked at social media, the major motivation of this team is just to have fun, right? It just seems like this team is having so much fun together. Their chemistry is just shown in so many different ways. We've seen, you know, uh, Maxi Kleba and Dwight Powell doing the DJ video on the po- on the balcony with JJ Barea and Luca and playing around. And then they've been playing spike ball and pickleball and they've been fishing together and they've been doing all kinds of fun stuff. Boban and Luca doing the disney channel like draw in the air thing like you're watching disney Channel, just all this stuff it's amazing to see this team be together and have fun but basketball wise and more seriously that this team i think they think that they have a real shot everyone's saying you know as long as we have luka Doncic, one of the best players on the floor and this team is together we have you know the full rotation basically they think that they can at least stand up to anybody maybe not the clippers or the lakers but they hope to win a playoff round at least unless they have to play one of those two teams so do you think in the eight restart games you know, here this regular season that Dallas is looking to push further forward than the than the seventh seed, like getting up to that sixth seed? Is that something they'll be looking to do? Or will they try it initially? And then if it seems they're out of it, they'll they'll ease guys in just in terms of how you're know, running these rotations will look. I think it's just so up in the air right now. I mean, I don't know how much movement there's going to be. The maps are, what are they, one and a half games back from the Rockets and the Thunder yep. for the uh, sixth and, and fifth seeds. So I think that you can – I mean, there can be movement right there. They play the the Rockets in their very first actual, like, regular season, I guess, regular season resume game. Like, I don't know what to call these, but uh, they play them so that they can move up, you know, within a half game of them right away. And so, yeah, I, I, they're going to try and move up. It sounds like Carlisle is going to try and go full force and play these guys in, you know, a way to actually try to win some games. I don't think they're gonna, you're going to see them ease off. You might see – I don't think Luke is going to play, like, 40 minutes a game every single game, but – uh, he Carlisle thinks with all these games, you know, the eight games, the three scrimmage games, they should be ready to go straight in for the playoffs. So I think he's going to take these pretty seriously and try to get the Mavs, you know, as best a seat as possible. And really the whole thing about this for this specific team, like if they went around, that'd be great. But just to get these guys experienced together, to get Luca and Porzingis, Porzingis has mentioned so many times, this is going to be my first playoff experience in my career. And he's really been looking forward to that. luca has been in other kinds of playoff situations, so is Porzingis. But to, to have their first experience in the NBA, in the playoffs, 
even though it's this kind of weird, you know, bubble version of it, I think it's just important for this team. And so to get them there, to get them in a playoff series, to, you know, have Carlisle coach them through what a seven game series looks like, how to, you know, prepare, how to, you know, attack this team, how to defend against this different kind of scheme, how to, you know, change this when this team decides to change that, you know, all those kinds of things. I think that's what this young team is, is really uh, all about this year. I don't think that there's a bar or a level of success that, you know, they have to clear or else this is a, a failed season. I think they're just looking for anything, you know, any kind of experience. And then anything above that, I think is just like a cherry on top. The narrative from this season, you know, Chris Stapps Porzingis's first season with Dallas is that, you know, he, he struggled a little bit early. He wasn't quite there in terms of fitting in with Luka Doncic. But if we look at the last 10 or so games before the season shut down, he was on an absolute roll, ignoring the last two games that he played where he shot seven of 32. Um, he was putting up massive numbers. And yes, some of them were, or one of those big games was a game that Luka Doncic didn't play. That was his 38 and 13 game, but he had 34 and 12, a 26 and 11, a 24 and 13, a 28 and 12, 27 and 13, 24 and 10. And these are games that Doncic was playing in alongside him. So, yeah, the I guess that the narrative in fantasy, especially, has been yeah, Porzingis really ramps it up when Doncic is out, then he sort of fades away. But that wasn't really true at the end of the season. Yeah, we've seen a lot of games where these guys have played, you know, pretty well next to each other, and I think they really caught their stride towards the end there. I think they, you know, had uh, I have the exact number somewhere. I'm going to see if I can look it up, but uh, I think they had five or so games where they scored like a combined 60 points, which yeah. I think is is pretty awesome. You know, between the two of them, and I think they they've really started to figure it out. I think the guys around them have, they've been pretty good role players, not demanding the ball, not taking it away from either of those guys, and just finding the way that Porzingis can score without demanding the ball, needing a ton of isolations, needing you know to to be a secondary player like a second banana, right? To be the Scottie Pippen, I guess, to be the Dwayne Wade next to LeBron, like to be that type of player. It was always going to be an adjustment, and I think they really started to figure it out. Uh, they actually had some some streaks this year where Luca missed like nine games. Porzingis would miss these this amount of games, so they didn't play a ton together actually. And uh, I think after um, I think after they were both back from injury, they were really starting to hit their stride and play really well together. And I, I have high hopes for them. <laughs> I have real high hopes for for these two together. I think that they just fit so well together on the basketball floor. You have. I mean, you can just run a pick and pop with them, and that's it, right? Like, that's an entire NBA offense between just those two guys, and you can run that over and over again and basically not get tired of it because of all the different options out of it. These two guys, Porzingis and Doncic, they could very easily be top 10 fantasy guys for this restart if you are looking to draft. But let's talk about the guys that the the Mavericks are are missing. Now, Willie Cauley-Stein's not going down to the bubble. He wasn't going to be in the rotation anyway, most likely. Dwight Powell, we already knew that he was injured. The two guys that were rotation pieces, um, Jalen Brunson, he won't be playing. And uh, remarkably, Courtney Lee was also a, a rotation piece at the end of the season. So... What do the Mavericks do to fill those two reserve guard? Well, not even reserve guard, because Lee had some starts there down the stretch as well. So how do <laughs> how do we fill these uh, how do we fill these roles? They did sign Trey Burke. Will he just step into uh, Brunson's role, or will it be someone like JJ Barea, uh, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, Justin Jackson, those players who step more into those minutes? I laugh because uh, Courtney Lee, I think, started the very first game of the season because the Bradley he, Carlisle stuff. said that they went back and looked at footage and he was the best defender of Bradley Beal <laughs> on the team. Uh, that was the reason why he looks back. At, and I think he started again against the Wizards he the did. second time they yeah. played him. Uh, but those are like the only time. So they're not going to play the Wizards. So I don't think Courtney Lee <laughs> would have started anyway. But he's injured. He's not going to play. 
Uh, Jalen Brunson, like you said, is back. He's not even in the bubble. Courtney Lee is actually in the bubble. Trey Burke, we think, is going to fill some of those Jalen Brunson minutes, but he's not even in the bubble yet. I mean, he was signed and announced by the team July 1st, and we're recording this on July 20th. He's still not even in the bubble with the team. They just say that there's logistical problems and reasons why he can't get there, so I have no idea what's going on with them, or going on with him, at least, um, you know, where he is. But uh, with Carlisle... I think a lot of rotations and a lot of positions are just so fluid, right? Like he loves his, he loves his three guard lineups. He's played, you know, so many three guard lineups throughout the, the years with you know Devin Harris and JJ Barea, and then like add Yogi Ferrell in there, you know, somebody else. Like he just loves these three guard lineups. So we could see some situations where, you know, Seth Curry, Delon Wright, JJ Barea could all play together at the same time. And so I don't know if it's necessarily plug one guy in for another, but there's going to be an amount of minutes that you know, can be filled with, with Jalen Brunson's situation. Jalen Brunson actually was, was pushed towards the end of the bench towards, you know, the end of this, like the first part of the season. And so he wasn't, he wasn't like a for sure role player every single night, but he probably would have been in this playoff rotation, but since they were missing a couple of guys, but I guess to answer your question, Trey Burke fills in, um, we'll probably see more of Justin Jackson, who we were kind of seeing off and on here. And then, um, maybe we see some, uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's where they decide to go. It'd be very interesting to see, especially in these scrimmage games and in the resume regular season games, what Carlisle decides to do with the rotation. I'm going to uh, I'm going to upset you a little bit here because the last four games before the season shut down, the starter for the Dallas Mavericks was Courtney Lee. He had started four consecutive games for this <laughs> team, and they weren't against Washington. Um, but that was because uh, Dorian Finney-Smith and Seth Curry were both out at, at that point, and both of those guys are expected yeah. back. But yeah, so Lee was sort of stepping in. He actually played over 30 minutes in a loss to the Pacers, which uh, no, matter, no wonder they lost. But he won't be there, but you'll have Finney-Smith and uh, and Curry back. Of course, no Dwight Powell. So we've heard you know, talk of uh, Dorian Finney-Smith playing maybe some minutes at center, but of course, Boban is there. How much do we see Boban? Because it's always a question that fantasy people People want to know how they're going to finally unleash Boban. Like, what's going to happen? Like, it's not. We're still going to see limited Boban minutes, surely. Yeah, if Boban's per thirty six could just be extrapolated upon <laughs> actual thirty six minutes, I mean, he would just be an all star every single year, right? But Absolutely. Boban is so situational. I mean, he had that incredible game against Denver right before the season ended, and he just has really good games against some teams. I think he had a really good game against Philly this year. Off the top of my head, uh, he just has some Denver. good games against some teams, and but I don't think he's going to play against like the Rockets, right? I just I can't see nah. him playing at all unless they throw Tyson Chandler out there, and so I don't know, man. I I, ho- I wish for your audience, and I wish just for you know NBA fans in general. Boban is just so fun; it's great to see him out there, but he's so situational. I don't think we'll see you know him every single night at least. The last player I want to talk about here is Maxi Kleber, who was sort of in and out of the starting lineup at times. Sometimes they'd go with a, a small lineup, Finney Smith at the four. But Kleber is going to be a really important player here for this uh, for this Mavericks team. Again, without Cauley Stein, who they can't throw out there, not that they were all that much anyway, uh, but more importantly, without Dwight Powell uh, out there. We're expecting a pretty you know, high 20s in minutes for Kleber, most likely. Yeah, yeah, he's so important. I think he's their third best player, even though he doesn't start. Um, coming off the bench, he just brings so much to this team. He, you know, is one of their best rim protectors besides maybe Porzingis. He's one of their best three-point shooters this year. Uh, three and D big is just such a rare thing and such an awesome thing to have to throw in any kind of lineup. You can play him with Porzingis. You can play him as the five by himself with, you know, Dorian or somebody else as the four. I mean, he's just such a 
a unique player that you can use in so many different ways. He's he's going to play a ton. He's going to play a ton. He's the one player that we mention and say, man, if the Mavericks lose him besides Luca and Porzingis, the Mavericks might actually be in trouble if they lose Maxi. Yeah, because he's super important, a guy that can stretch and can shoot and can, he's a really, really good defender as well and has been an important player for this team. And I think he's going to get the pretty strong minutes and be a useful fantasy option in this restart as well. Him, uh, Doncic, Porzingis, and Hardaway are probably the only guys you really need to pay attention to from a fantasy perspective, but there will definitely be some games that you know Seth Curry gets uh, gets off a few shots and, and drops in some big big scoring nights, but that's all going to be sort of how that rotation rolls out. Nick, you're going to have all of the Maverick stuff covered for us over on Locked On Mavericks, of course, throughout this restart. And uh, guys want to check out more information about Dallas, go check out Nick over there. Absolutely. We have stuff every single day from Carlisle, the players. They're keeping us on all these Zoom calls. So we have audio every single day here and from the actual guys that are doing it. So come listen to Locked On Mavs and uh, check out the uh, our recent episode. We did a we, we heard from the snitch hotline. We have we have some some inside audio, inside information about what is being said to the snitch hotline. So go check us out. Now we're going to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. And to talk about the Grizzlies, I'm joined by the host of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, Mark King, is back with us. Mark, the Grizzlies team currently sitting in the eighth seed in the Western Conference. Um, yeah, they're three and a half games up on the ninth and tenth and eleventh seeds at, at the moment. They do have a really tough schedule. Do you think that they will be able to hold on to that eighth seed? Um, or, do, or do you think they can even extend it and uh, eliminate the chances of even a play-in game? Yeah, no, I think they'll. I think they'll definitely uh, hold on to it. I mean, you look at the the other teams that are are uh, you know in quote unquote, I guess, line to be a part of that playing game: the Pelicans, the Trailblazers, the Kings. Uh, the Kings just lost Marvin Bagley, I think, as well. So, yeah. like, um, you know, those a lot of those teams are three and a half games back to start, and so you know, a lot of those teams you look at it, they're going to have to, you know, like for the Suns, for for instance, the Suns will have to go eight and zero to even have a chance, and that's not going to happen. Uh, so the Grizzlies really only got to win three or four games to even just make sure they're in the play-in game. And at that point, you know, they, they got to beat the other team they're playing once while, um, while you know, they have, they, the team they wants in has to beat them twice. So, I, you know, the Grizzlies are kind of set up to be able to uh, hold on to that eighth spot, you know, and if and if they find a way to not hold on to it, I'm, you know, I, I'd probably argue it's, it's probably their fault. Now, this is a team that – was you know people were sort of tipping them to fall out of the playoffs if the season had continued as normal because of the the toughness of the schedule. They also had a significant chunk of injuries. Brandon Clark was injured, Jaron Jackson was injured, Dylan Brooks was hurting, Justice Winslow hadn't played for the team yet, Grayson Allen was out for the season. Yet all five of these guys are likely to be back and and ready to go. Um, unless I'm missing something with those guys, but we're, we've got a fully healthy squad here. Yeah, the Grizzlies have got everybody healthy back. Like you mentioned, they were in a pretty bad spot when it came to uh, when it came to guys that uh, were injured. At, you know, when the um, when the um, stoppage happened in, in March, they, they had a lot of guys that weren't weren't doing too great in terms of health. Uh, but a lot of those guys have been back. Like you mentioned, Justin Winslow has not even played for the Grizzlies, but he should start for the Grizzlies uh, right away. I don't think there'll be any kind of like incubation period where he comes off the bench i think you'll probably you'll see him start right away for the grizzlies uh taylor jenkins is, is really a huge huge fan of of justice winslow called him you know just he wouldn't even define a position for him called him just a playmaker in a press conference a couple of days ago so uh taylor jenkins a huge fan of justice Winslow. so interesting so you think he's going to just jump in and take kyle anderson's spot straight away 
yeah, you know, you got to look at Kyle Anderson, even whenever um, Kyle Anderson was just kind of a stopgap. He, he had not been start really all year. Uh, he'd only been, he only started on the, in the starting unit there because of injuries. And so, you know, he was there uh, starting at the end of that period before, uh, before we came to, to standstill. But that was only really because of other people had injury, if you will, for the Grizzlies right now. And, you know, he's not, he's not a guy that, uh, that, you know, gels a lot with Taylor Jenkins offense. And so I think Justice Winslow will probably be uh, definitely a starter just for this principal fact that Taylor Jenkins likes what he does more than what Kyle Anderson brings to the table. People listening to this that are playing uh, restart fantasy leagues, I wouldn't get overly excited about the fact that Justice Winslow is likely to start. This is a guy that needs you know, pretty significant minutes and the ball in his hands a ton to actually create good fantasy value. I'm not saying he can't be an important player for the Grizzlies, but this is a guy that's never been a top 100 fantasy guy, even in here 33, 34 minutes, which is not the sort of role I expect him to be playing and not playing the point guard role <clears throat> that did have did have success with. In Miami, because of course this team does have the most likely rookie of the year and a point guard in Jar Morant, who was yeah putting up some really really strong numbers. Now, how would you characterize at the end of Jar's season? Was he was he struggling a little bit? Was he dealing with any problems? Was he you know, tapering off or was he yeah, surging forward? No, John. You know, John Morant has really he struggled in the in the year was the beginning of the year when it, obviously he was a rookie uh, was the only time he really. Uh, really struggled. I mean, those last couple games, he had 20-point games in the last few games out. If I, if I remember correctly, I'd have to look it up exactly what he say. He had um, he had close to a, a double-double in a couple of those games in terms of points and assists. Um, he was just getting in the groove of things, but you know, I'm pulling it up his, his box score right now. But yeah, he had so he had 24 and 21 in the last two games. Um, then he had 27 a few games prior to that. I mean, there, he was he was really on a roll in terms of his playmaking ability, but at the same time, like we talked about earlier, there were a lot of there were a lot of guys hurt. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. was hurt. Brandon Clark was hurt. You know that really limits ja, what able, Jaws able to do in terms of assists because you know he's really able to get those guys set up and going. A lot of times we saw that all year with Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant. So, but they'll be back. You know, and he'll have more options. Uh, hopefully, you know Justice Winslow will probably play some point guard, so you'll see him with his hands on the ball. So I don't know what that will do for John Morant. It's a toss up. But John Morant will still be uh, John. He'll still do awesome things. He's still going to score the ball. He's still going to have a lot of assists. Still going to have some. Uh, you know, still going to have some rebounds here and there as well. So, what do we make of uh, DeAnthony Melton? Who, when Dylan Brooks was hurt, he was sort of stepping up a little bit. But again, with Brooks returning, with Jackson returning, with Winslow arriving, you know, is he going to be marginalized? Who's going to be squeezed out? Is it going to be Melton? Is it going to be Tyus Jones? Is it going to be Josh Jackson, who was playing a sizable rotation role at the end of the season? Because I think one of those three guys is probably not going to make it into the regular regular rotation. Yeah, and if I if I have to, you know, if I had to pick somebody, I would probably say Josh Jackson. Uh, would person would probably be squeezing minutes out, especially with the introduction of Justin Winslow, some a guy that. Uh, it wasn't, you know, didn't have minutes at all. And like you mentioned, there's only room for so many people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as you get closer to playoffs, we all know those, those minutes and those, uh, those roles uh, kind of get really laser focused and minutes increase for certain people and decrease for others. And you kind of really shorten rotation. So, um, you know, I, I think DeAnthony Melton will play a big part. He's, he's the best uh, defensive wing or defensive guard that the Grizzlies have. And so I think you'll see him a lot out there, especially, alongside Ja sometimes just to kind of give Ja a break on defense. Uh, we saw that a lot in the, in the later part of the year. And so uh, I don't think it would be DeAnthony Belton. I think he is he has cemented his role 
with this Grizzlies team in terms of rotation. And, and if I had to pick anybody, I'd, I'd probably uh, point the point the finger at Josh Jackson in terms of if you know someone is going to have to definitely decrease in minutes. Um, and not that DeAnthony won't. DeAnthony was playing like you know 30 minutes a game at the end of that stretch in March. Uh, but before that, he'd only been playing like 15 to 17, possibly 20 minutes tops. That was his normal rotation minutes. So, um, you know, you'll see his minutes go back down a little bit as well. But then that stretch when DeAnthony was given an opportunity to play a lot, he did a really good job. And, and again, he's one of the best defensive uh, guards the Grizzlies have. I probably have to say the best defensive guard the Grizzlies have. And so you'll see him deployed a lot, especially as they get closer to the playoffs. When we're looking at uh, at this team, you know, Jaron Jackson, I guess some would say was a little bit disappointing this season, only playing 28 minutes a game. Foul trouble, there were some injury concerns. Do you think that we finally get Jaron pushing forward? Because, of course, this Grizzlies team, unlike teams like the Lakers or the Bucks, they don't have the the necessary cushion of, ne- of being able to you know, really ease themselves in here. They've got to make sure that they can maintain and hopefully push to not have that play-in game. So they're going to have to be pushing their best players for more minutes. Do you think we get Jackson pushing a little bit further forward here? Yeah, you know, I think they'll probably play him more. Like I mentioned, you know, the closer you get to the playoffs, the, the more minutes those those guys are going to start to play, the more short the rotation is going to be. Um, you know, something we saw a little later was was more Jaron with Ja and more Jaron and Ja and Brandon Clark together, less Jonas Valanciunas was because a lot of times he was a serious uh, defensive liability for the Grizzlies and they, didn't, they needed more athleticism to switch around and do some different things on defense. Um, but I think that we're, you know, they're, they're going to rely more on, J- on Jaron, but there's just – He's a guy that I, he's not. He's a really good player, but I always explain to people he's not. He's not a, like a Batman. He's more of a Robin. He, he's not going to go out and just demand the ball or just dominate with things. And that's one of the things they've been trying to get him to go out and realize. Like, look, you have to understand that you're better than most people on the floor right now. You need to when you get that matchup, you got to go at it. And he's done that a few times here and there, but nowhere near as someone you know as much as someone like Ja, who is does that almost from the get-go this year and and it's and it's hard to, to teach that kind of thing as most people probably understand but jaws is the guy who will size you up and just and take you down and, and jaren's just really not like that and so you know but they're gonna have to rely on him more as the uh, as the season progresses to the to the play-in game uh something that he's done you know much better obviously is his three-point shooting he's actually yeah. one of the better three-point shooters on the grizzlies team which is kind of crazy i think he actually percentage-wise has the best three-point percentage on the grizzlies team and he takes almost seven a game. So, you know, that's something that has really uh, elevated his game. I think once he continues to do that, that will open up more for him as well. The other guy that obviously was out at the end of the season was Brandon Clark. So he's just likely going to slide back into his you know, 20 to 22 minute a night role, back up big, playing the four and the five next to Jonas and next to Jaron as well. I don't think much changes there for him unless I'm uh, reading that wrongly. No, no, he'll he'll go right back to where he was. He'll come off the bench just like he was in that you know third or fourth minute in the first quarter. Uh, you know, right as he slotted up in his, as the backup uh, power forward slash center, depending on how they play it. Uh, obviously, Gorgie Jing was the guy they got in the trade as well, and he'd been playing some minutes there as a backup center. So, uh, yeah, Brandon Clark will just slide right in as he as he was before. He won't he won't start, but he'll see he'll say minutes 20, 25 minutes a game. It's going to be exciting to watch this Grizzlies team to see what Ja Morant, Jaron Jackson, Jonas Valanciunas, and that whole team can do as they push to get themselves into the playoffs in an improbable situation at the beginning of the year. Mark will have it covered for us all over on Locked On Grizzlies. Thanks for coming on Locked On Fantasy Basketball with me, Mark. Absolutely, man. Anytime. 
And that does it for today's show, guys. Don't forget, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Give it a five-star review as well and leave a comment in the YouTube video comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.